Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do a great job. They take care of our building, and they'll help you out, too. Just visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com, and give them a call, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date. By reading Life in Naples, the website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Sal Nuzu. He's the Vice President of Policy and Director of the Center for Economic Economic Development at the James Madison Institute. I'll be talking about the uh, uh, Florida's uh, policies with regard to education, public education. Boo Mortensen will be joining us. We'll find out what's new with Boo. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. And my wife, Linda, will be joining us as well. We'll be talking about uh, a number of things. Uh, by the way, uh, today is August the 10th, and on this day in 1776, a news reached London that the Americans had drafted the Declaration of Independence. Under the Declaration of Independence, formally transformed the 13 British colonies into states. Both Americans and British saw the conflict centered in Massachusetts as a local uprising with the British Empire. To King George III, it was a colonial rebellion, and to the Americans, it was a struggle for the rights as British citizens. However, when Parliament continued to oppose any reform and remained unwilling to negotiate with the American rebels and instead hired Hessians, German mercenaries who were ruthless, to help the British Army crush the rebellion, the Continental Congress began to pass measures abolishing British authority in the colonies. I refer you to a book I just finished. It's called The Indispensables by Patrick O'Donnell. It really brings to life everything that happened during uh, that period. In January 1776, Thomas Paine, of course, published Common Sense, an influential uh, political pamphlet that convincingly argued for American independence from the British monarchy. It sold more than a half a million copies in just a few months. By the spring of 1776, support for independence had swept through the colonies. The Continental Congress had called for the states to form their own governments, and a five-man committee was assigned to draft a document declaring the independence from the British king. The Declaration of Independence was largely the work of Virginian Thomas Jefferson. In justifying American independence, Jefferson drew generously from the political philosophy of John Locke, an advocate of natural rights and from the work of other British theorists. The Declaration featured the immortal lines, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That sentence rings true forever, I hope. And then it goes on to present a list of long grievances that provided the American rationale for the rebellion. Again, I refer you to The Indispensables by Patrick O'Donnell. <clears throat> Great read. Well, uh, Lee and Collier Public Schools opened uh, for the year yesterday, reminding everybody to drive a little bit more safely when uh, they're out there on the streets, especially during when school is in and uh, opens and closes during the day. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis threatened to withhold salaries of school officials who defy his mask mandate ban. Uh, Ron DeSantis said he will hold, withhold the salaries of superintendents and school board members in a statement of the CBS Miami. With, here's a quote. With respect to enforcing any financial consequences for noncompliance, 
of state law regarding these rules and ultimately the right of parents to make decisions about their children's education and health care decisions, it would be the goal of the State Board of Education to narrowly tailor any financial consequence to the offense committed. For example, the State Board of Education could move to withhold the salary of the district superintendent of school board members as a narrowly tailored means to address the decision makers who led to the violation of law. Education funding is intended to be uh, to benefit students first and foremost, not systems. The governor's priorities are protecting the rights of parents, ensuring that every student has access to high-quality education that meets their unique needs. A couple of weeks ago, DeSantis signed an executive order banning mask mandates for students. In Florida, there will be no lockdowns, there will be no school closures, there will be no restrictions, and no mandates in the state of Florida, DeSantis said to Cheers last month. DeSantis also announced an executive order protecting the right of parents to choose whether or not their children will wear a mask at school. I want to see my kids smiling. I want them to have fun, DeSantis said. Great governor. Doing a great job. Well, Florida Governor DeSantis also plans to appeal the ruling from a federal judge who sided with Norwegian Cruise Line's vaccine requirements. The Daily Wire reported that the U.S. District Judge Kathleen Williams allegedly wrote that the cruise line had demonstrated that public health will be jeopardized if it is required to suspend its vaccination requirement, while lawyers for the state of Florida did not show any public benefit from the continued enforcement against the company's proof of uh, COVID-19 vaccination. In a statement, Norwegian Cruise Line said that the company policy of 100% vaccination of guests and crew was in place without issue in every port it sails from around the world except for Florida. Despite the ongoing global pandemic and the accelerating spread of the Delta variant, Florida prohibited the company from requiring vaccine documentation, which the company believes would enable it to resume sailing in the safest possible manner. However, DeSantis' office told the Daily Wire that they will appeal the ruling to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals and that a prohibition of vaccine passports does not even implicate, let alone violate, anyone's speech rights and is further further substantial local interest of preventing discrimination among customers based on private health information. DeSantis also uh, signed a law in May that uh, banned vaccines passports, which stated that a company cannot require someone to show proof of vaccination in exchange for service without a potential $5,000 fine per violation. A couple thousand people on a shift, that's a lot of money. However, the cruise line sued the state surgeon general over the law. I suspect DeSantis will win this one as well. Well, the inventor of the basic technology used to develop COVID-19 vaccines is warning that Biden administration's aggressive universal vaccine policy is bad science and that may very well cause more harm than good. Robert Malone, an immunologist and epidemiologist who identifies himself as the inventor of the core mRNA technology being used by Pfizer Moderna to produce the vaccines, wrote that in the Washington Times this week that the Biden administration's strategy to universally vaccinate in the middle of the pandemic is bad science and badly needs a reboot. Now, this is the guy that invented the stuff. So Malone also co-authored the op-ed with former Trump Defense Production Act policy coordinator Peter Navarro, claimed that Biden's universal vaccination herd immunity approach to ending the pandemic is flawed, in part because the virus is now so deeply embedded in the world's population that unlike polio and smallpox, eradication is unachievable. Malone argued that the vaccines, while good at preventing severe disease and death, only reduce, not eliminate, the risk of infection, replication, and transmission 
and that they carried the risk of by no means trivial side effects, including serious cardiac and thrombotic uh, thrombotic, uh, conditions, menstrual cycle disruptions, Bell's palsy, Guillain-Baird syndrome, and uh, anaphylaxis. anaphylaxis. Uh, Virologists, Malone claimed, are also fear potential further side effects, including existential reproductive risks, as well as various forms of disease enhancement, like, for example, uh, vaccines that can make people more vulnerable to reinfection by SARS-CoV-2 or reactivation of latent viral infections and associated diseases such as shingles. The vaccines may also present the risk of an arms race, uh, warned uh, Malone, arguing that more people you vaccinate, the greater the number of vaccine-resistant mutations you'll likely get, the less durable the vaccines will become. Even more powerful uh, vaccines will have to be developed and individuals will be exposed to more and more risk. We simply are saying that just because you have a big vaccine hammer, it's not necessarily wise to use it for every nail, the author wrote. The American people deserve better than a universal vaccination strategy under the flag of bad science and enforced through authoritarian uh, measures. This coincides with my belief, and Dr. Malone is certainly an extremely credible uh, source. Well, the UN uh, just released its uh, report on climate change. They claim that climate change is causing major problems around the world, and we've seen its effect in action this summer with extreme heat waves in the western U.S. and Canada, deadly floods in China, Germany, and India, and more recently massive wildfires in Greece and Turkey, and of course here in the United States. Now is the first major review since 2013. The Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC, which falls under the UN, is saying things are likely to get worse. This, of course, in my view, is uh, bunk. Uh, you'll find uh, Larry Bell, who will be a guest on tomorrow's show. He's the professor at the University of Houston who wrote Scared Witless, the Prophets of Privates of, of Climate Doom. He wrote that uh, the IPCC has actually created, they don't write science, they, they simply summarize what has been written, and they've actually provided false summaries of some of the papers, exactly changing, inverse, inversing the purpose of the paper that's written. So they have, a, uh, they have a, a dog in the race, and that dog, of course, is human activity creating climate change. What a shame. It's too bad. It's pretty grim what they're saying, that the, it's too late to change, and uh, we've got to get uh, zero emissions down by 2050, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's just another political voice out there trying to promote, and I would say conveniently, before uh, this infrastructure program is being passed in the United States. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date. By reading Life in Naples, the website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Sal Nuzo, Vice President of Policy and Director for the Center of Economic Advancement at the James Madison Institute. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. 
Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social, a new refreshing social networking platform. You can download the app by going to choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. Right now we have the Sal Nuzo. He's the Vice President of Policy and Director of the Center for Economic Achievement. Actually, I got the last word of your title there, Sal, wrong. But nevertheless, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, glad to be with you, Bob. And by the way, that's at the James Madison Institute. Sal, maybe you can tell us about the James Madison Institute. Sure. JMI is a uh, 35-year-old research policy think tank. We're nonpartisan, uh, kind of an organization that hopes to uh, guide lawmakers and the public on the wisdom of free market capitalism, uh, limited government, and uh, economic uh, prosperity. We work both in Tallahassee as well as in uh, D.C. with our lawmakers there. And we do research on just about any topic that touches uh, the economy of Florida. Yeah, and I, uh, uh, jamesmadison.org is the website. It's a terrific organization. I've, I've used it as a resource for a lot of policy decisions as voters that we have to make when you have uh, amendments to the Florida Constitution. Always great, and by the way, a nonpartisan advice on, uh, on each of the uh, amendments. So, uh, Sal, uh, right now, our, pre- our governor is taking some pretty interesting points of view and, and stands with regard to education in Florida. Uh, latest saying that, hey, if you're not happy with the school your child's in, if you don't like the policy on mass and so forth, you can change. What are your thoughts? Well, this is uh, something that kind of evolved from uh, the rather ambitious expansions of school choice that have happened in Florida over the last several years. And so 
Florida had what was called or has what is called the Hope Scholarship, which is something that if uh, if a school uh, uh, if if a child is being bullied or assaulted in their school, it provides an avenue for parents to receive a scholarship to take them out of that school and put them in a school that better suits them. And so because that program uh, happens to exist in Florida, and it's a unique one, the Department of Education under uh, Secretary or Commissioner Richard Corcoran and the governor's leadership decided to uh, make that program available for parents if they disagree with the, uh, the policy governing masks for uh, that school. And so if, uh, if a school district decides they're going to go with a, uh, a, a mandated mask order, uh, which is actually in defiance of uh, the governor's executive order, uh, then that parent, if they disagree, can take this, the student out of the school, use Hope Money Scholarship, which is education funding, and put them in a school that doesn't uh, have a mask mandate. Now, the same goes the other way, though. If a parent, for whatever reason, feels that their child needs to be in a mask-mandated environment and the school does not have one, they can take their child out and use the funding to, uh, to put them in a school that does, in fact, require them. Uh, many private schools in the state are. And so... It's kind of a, a, a way to um, not necessarily, pardon the pun, but split the baby in half, but acknowledge that there are considerations to be made on both sides of this. I think that's uh, so smart. And Sal, you know, the interesting thing is that uh, it's really putting the parents in charge where the responsibility really belongs. And I might add my understanding of the Hope Scholarship, it's not something you apply for. It's something that once you uh, state that uh, you feel like your child is in an, in an environment that's not uh, that's hostile in any way, uh, it's automatic. In other words, the, the uh, scholarship occurs and you can change the, school, the uh, child and take them out of that school. That is correct. Yeah, Hope Scholarship is not something where you have to apply for funding and go through some bureaucratic red tape. Uh, it's a very accessible program for parents in the state. Yeah, which is just terrific. So uh, wh what do you anticipate, and I know that we're asking you to speculate here, but what do you anticipate is going to happen in this school year going forward? I know that we have some kids that have taken advantage, some families have taken uh, advantage of the Hope Scholarship. Do you see a lot more of that? I think we're going to see a lot more. Uh, what we also see, uh, unfortunately, is a lot of politicization of the fact that um, the the governor and leadership of, of, in the Department of Education have, have required school or, or have um, made it such that school districts should not uh, mandate masks. Now, you have a handful of school districts, including the school district that, that I'm in, in Leon County up here in Tallahassee, that have recently said they're defying that order. They're going to mandate masks in the fall. What's going to happen is, unfortunately, this is going to have to be litigated. And so I'm very interested to see what the path on that is because it kind of foreshadows um, uh, kind of the, the direction of um, kind of local control versus state control versus 
who you know versus parental control right and who is best suited to um, kind of uh, manage our school children and and like probably like you I feel that ultimately it should be parents that are controlling that and so it's just going to be really interesting to see how this all shakes up in the coming weeks it certainly is. In fact, the governor has said that he's, uh, do this at your own peril if you want to start uh, violating our mandate here that uh, no mass, he's threatened to withhold salaries of school officials who defy the mass mandate ban. Yep, correct. And, and in fact, uh, there's already uh, a whole lot of buzz on Twitter about that when that came out uh, the last 24 uh, hours or so have been uh, kind of a back and forth uh, among the political class of whether or not that would be legal, what, you know, kind of, uh, you have the shadow of the 2022 election coming up. Do so you have candidates uh, for governor who are, who are coming out on that? So, uh, like you said, it's kind of speculative. I'm not an attorney, nor do I ever pretend to try to be one. So I, I'm interested to see how that all um, kind of navigates uh, the legal channels as it moves ahead. Right. Uh, before I let you go, Sal, I, I would like to ask you about this uh, Caribbean, uh, is it Caribbean cruise line? I've forgotten which cruise line, but basically they've said uh, they've appealed. The, the uh, judge has supported uh, the cruise line against uh, the uh, uh, vaccine uh, passport that the, they are requiring. So basically, what do you, what do you see here? What, what's going to happen, do you think? Well, I do believe that the Norwegian cruise line uh, got a uh, an injunction on the ban on on uh, vaccine passports, and so uh, that ruling I do believe will be appealed. My guess is it's going to go uh, as far up as it can. Uh, in the meantime, though, I think what that does do is uh, it does make it more likely that other cruise lines. Uh, because kind of Norwegian was the first experiment in, in challenging this, other cruise lines are going to begin to weigh whether or not they're going to want to do that. And so ultimately, it's kind of a debate on, you know, should free enterprise uh, and, and free market policies be able to dictate that, or do individuals have control over their private medical data and this is one where we're very much in uncharted territory. So right. from a policy angle, I'm really interested in seeing how this goes because there, there are, are very reasonable arguments on both sides of this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but at the same time, because we're in our uncharted territories, I, I'm kind of in the in the mode of I I'm a spectator on this one as much as anybody else. All right, Sal, that's cer that's certainly fair. Sal News again, Vice President of Policy at the James Madison Institute. I encourage you to visit jamesmadison.org. Sal, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Bob. Anytime. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Boo Mortensen. It's time to find out what's new with Boo up in Madison, Wisconsin. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Blue 
Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Lyndon and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Offshore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgoing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit gulfshoreplayhouse.org. That's gulfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York style theater at its very best. And as you heard, building a performing arts center, 44,000 uh, square feet in downtown Naples. You can find out more by visiting gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo, Boo Mortensen. Right here on the Paradise Coast. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate it. It's a treat to be down in Florida on the Paradise Coast. I love it here. Yeah, well, I, I forgot. I introduced you as being up in Madison, Wisconsin, but I'd forgotten you're making a trip down here, so I hope you enjoy I'm yourself. I'm taking a vacation. <laughs> I got to tell you, Bob, the older I get, the stupider I'm getting because none of what I read is making sense to me anymore. As an example, Obama has his 60th birthday party, and they're saying, Hosanna, isn't this fabulous? Even though Fauci, on the other hand, is screaming about Lollapalooza and Sturgis, which are other big uh, gatherings of people. So he's kind of cherry-picking what he's critical of. And then the military now has to be mandatorily vaccinated, but yet... We've got immigrants, hundreds of thousands are coming across the border. We have extra vaccine, uh, vaccines. Why aren't we insisting? Those of all people, why aren't we insisting that they get vaccinated? Yeah, it's understandable. And yet New York says you can't go to a restaurant unless you get vaccinated. Yeah. Really? And just to compound that, a lot of the people that have been vaccinated are, are 
they're calling them breakthrough cases. They're getting the fact they're getting the uh, virus themselves. So uh, at one, I think I, I read something. One of the officials at the CDC said, "You know what? Vaccines just aren't working." Well, that's great. <laughs> that's now, that's that, really great. That on top of everything else. Now, so but have it, you read anywhere why they aren't vaccinating the immigrants coming across? No, I There's haven't. Hundreds of thousands of them. Yeah, well, I think what that indicates that simply shows that they and Obama's party and uh, just shows that this is this is all fake science. They're just making this stuff up. It's unbelievable. So, when you say fake science, what do you what do you exactly mean? That the vaccines are a joke? That this is that they've politicized everything and and nobody should be vaccinated? Uh, what I'm saying, no, I'm saying that something's real out there. There is this virus that's going around. No doubt about that. People are losing their sense of taste and smell and so forth. That's all happening. But uh, the PCR test that was the gold standard for uh, determining if people had COVID or not, turns out it doesn't work. So they're taking, but, and they're waiting until the first of the year to take the, t- uh, the PCR test off. In fact, the, uh, the inventor of the PCR test basically said it doesn't measure COVID. So we have all these false positives out there. All these people who were who claimed they had COVID didn't have COVID. And so there's just so much information out there. It's hard to sort through and determine what's real and what's not. I agree. And I, I think the water's getting muddier as we go on. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's really strange, Boo. And, uh, and now they're throwing the Delta virus into it and... You know, they're ramping everything because of fear of the Delta virus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't even have a test to determine whether or not anybody has Delta virus. And you know it's going to morph again, yeah, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, this happens to coincide with when schools are opening, isn't it? Strange how that happens. <laughs> In other words, I think it's all being politicized. I, I have real concerns about... Uh, the truth coming from public health exec- uh, uh, officials. I don't think, I don't think their focus is on, on our safety. I think it's more on the politics of the whole thing. And then you're going to subject all these kids yeah. to wearing a mask all day. Did you see that study, uh, Boo, that uh, showed that the parents took the masks, they wore them one day, the kids wore them for five hours, they sent them off to a virologist for study, and what they found out is there's all kinds of disease in those masks after they'd worn them for five hours, including uh, traces of uh, pneumonia uh, and other types of, uh, you know, fact of the matter is when we breathe out, we're, we're breathing out waste. <laughs> Not only carbon dioxide, but waste. That's, uh, that's one of the yeah. ways that we eliminate waste in our bodies. And so let's, I have an idea. Let's take kids, let's take a cloth math on them and, and make sure that this waste stays close to their face. That makes no sense. No. No. And don't you think it should be up to the parents to decide what's best for the kids, not the the CDC? Absolutely. In fact, that's why I'm so pleased with Governor DeSantis. He is really taking a stand and saying, look, the kids are going to go to school. Uh, The risk is minimal. They're going to be happy. Uh, there is parents can decide if you want to send your kid to school with a mask, go ahead and do it. But in the meantime, there will be no mask mandates in Florida. I know it. You know, God bless him. He's just awesome. What a rock star. He is great. He's, I'm so grateful that uh, he is our governor. So, right. but, uh, but a lot of stuff is not just not making sense. Uh, you see some of these 
professional golfers. Remember John Romp, who uh, got yeah. eliminated from the Spaniard. The, yeah, the Spaniard who uh, he was eight strokes ahead in the in the uh, tournament to, with one day to pr- play. They said, "I'm sorry, you can't play anymore. You're eliminated because you have COVID." I wonder if that was one of those PCR tests that picked up a false positive. Oh wow! Well, it cost him a million dollars. Oh, at least. So, uh, Boo, yeah. uh, you're not crazy. Uh, that's how you started this whole thing. You think you're crazy or losing your mind. You're not. Crazy stuff is happening, and it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It just. It, it's. It's. I think there's so much phony science in this that it's really hard to know what to believe. You know, it is. It's just terrible. And, you know, I listen to a Chicago radio station. Even down here, I listen to WGN. And the things that are going on, so you have the underlying aggravation about COVID, this critical race theory. Then you've got all this high crime and a a fabulous person, a young woman, cop, was gunned down in Chicago. Chicago is such a mess. They want to de- they've got a mayor that wants to defund the police department. Yeah. And uh, so she went up to the hospital. All the cops were there when this uh, woman police officer was shot and was in the hospital. So Lori Lightfoot, the mayor, went up there, uh, and all the cops that were there on the floor with the parents, they all turned their back on her. She is, uh, she is tone deaf. She, if she is a politician, she has no idea how to uh, garner the, the praise and the support of the people. She is just absolutely the antithesis of good management. Well, and Chicago is a wonderful city, and it is now the murder capital of the world. Yeah. Or at least of the United States, I'll say that. Absolutely. It's, it's just gone down the drain. And then this whole, oh, my God, it just seems like people are... I don't know what it is. Is it just the feeling that I have that everybody is just agitated, aggravated, angry, frustrated? Yeah. Crazy. It is. No, you're absolutely right. So, I mean, I think it's just incumbent upon each of us to take a moment each day and just sit back and express gratitude for our good health and our good fortune and uh, try and look beyond some of the aggravation that's going to be created by these politicians. Oh, I agree. And, you know, I just really watch. I'm just very careful about what news I watch on, on TV. I basically don't watch it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, you're right. Everybody has to express moments of gratitude and moments of happiness. And yesterday afternoon, all the storms rolled in. I sat out on the porch. I had a glass of wine. I enjoyed the solitude and the magnificence of Mother Nature. Yep. And I thought, Things have got to get better. <laughs> yeah. Boo Morton, it's always a pleasure to get your insight to what's happening here in the world. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure, Bob. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Boo. All right, coming up, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months, finally having exhausted all alternatives for pain management. Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006 and I now have full range of motion in both knees and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-389 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with my wife, Linda. She writes greetings from paradise. Right now, we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, of sphere of influence of government. And D.C. does not. No, that's right. It's a, it's an aspiration. It's certainly not occurring at this point. So, <laughs> Unfortunately, th- no. This is an important week, isn't it? I mean, no, right now the specter of passing these quote-unquote infrastructure bills. My only, my only hope is these, you know, uh, you know, I've written specifically about every um, a Republican that votes for this should be embarrassed. Right. But my only hope is the Democrats are so self-immolating that they'll insist on pairing the 1.2 with the 3.5 trillion and and kill both of them that's my hope you know what i have the same sentiment from your lips to god's ear so see, yeah exa- yeah so, so see no, to, uh, schumer's idiot head <laughs> yeah. yeah so Seton, uh you were a column that you referenced to barack obama's birthday party the 60 uh, 60 year bash as well as D.C. cronies' corruption. Uh, tell us about it. Well, of course, never mind the fact that on the same weekend he's throwing this tented, closed-in, uh, 200-weight-staff uh, party. Remember, he said he was going to scale it back. They're close so, friends and family. Uh, how many weight-staff did he have before he cut it back to 200? <laughs> yeah. So he has this, and Fauci goes on the air and criticizes motorcyclists outside on bikes riding 70 miles an hour 
and says it's a super spreader event and does not mention the Barack Obama party this very same weekend. Forget all that. Yeah. What this points out is Barack Obama's never had a real job his entire life. Right. And I'm sorry I don't count the presidency as a real job. Someone I know who's in Republican politics his whole life said, oh, the presidency's a real job. I said, no, it's really not. I mean, you get unbelievable staffing. You have to make some tough decisions, but people make tough decisions every day and without nearly the support you get uh, as president. And somehow he walks out of the White House never really having any marketable skills at all, and all of a sudden he's worth $100 million, $200 million, $300 million. Yeah. How the hell did that happen? Netflix. And, of course, it was because he was selling the U.S. by the pound yeah. while he was in the White House. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he was smart about it. He, he identified the richest companies, the ones who could compensate him the, the, the best, the most, the, easy, the, the, the most facilely, which were the big tech companies. So he gave them tons and tons and tons of crony policy. None, I think, more important to big tech's bottom line than net neutrality. Net neutrality, amongst many other stupid things, bans, outlaws, uh, big tech companies being charged for the bandwidth they use. So Netflix, all by itself, at peak times during the Internet traffic, uses one-third of all U.S. bandwidth. All by themselves. Can you believe that? So they're going to be pretty big fans of, of Barack Obama outlawing their being charged for the bandwidth we use. And, of course, we must point out that if they're not being charged, we'll pay more. Right. Because that's the only two pools of people uh, the Internet providers can charge. The people who build the networks have to charge to build the networks. And it's either them or us or both. And I don't know why it's not both, but they're not being charged for it. Yeah. And Netflix codifies that. I mean, uh, net neutrality codifies that in law. They cannot be charged for it, so we pay more to augment the profits of Google and Netflix and all these other trillion-dollar companies. Although Netflix, being strictly a movie company, they're worth only $230 billion, <laughs> which is still t- almost twice the size of the biggest Internet service provider. Now... All that being said, Barack Obama did them eight years' worth of big, big, big crony favors in D.C. He walks out the White House door, and Netflix hands him a $50 million contract to develop uh, movie product, movie projects. Has he ever in his life done that before? No. No. (laughs) Does he have any discernible ability to do that? No. This This is Hunter Biden on steroids. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say on steroids because China was $1.2 billion. But anyway, this is, hey, you were great to us in office. Thank you very much. Here's $50 million no-show job. Um, you know, how many, he got, the, he got the contract in 2018. It's now 2021. How many Obama productions have there been out of Netflix? The answer is zero. Yeah. How about the book deal? So, uh, well, the book deal, that was obviously absurd. Nobody read the book. Nobody bought the book. Well, nobody bought the book. Right. Um, I'm sure he gave copies to friends who probably read it, you know, in the Obama cult. But um, beyond that, yes, the book deal, which was a big deal, but not as big as the Netflix deal. Um, and, and, and the Netflix deal is so directly tied to crony policy and is a quid pro quo, 
you know, with an ellipses between the pro and the quo. Right. You know, we just have to wait until you're out of office, and then we can we can deliver the quo for you. Um, it's just so absurd. He has three mansions. He has that Martha's Vineyard thing where he threw the party. He has a D.C. mansion that's worth like $8 million. And he bought, for old school, good television fans, he bought the Magnum P.I. house in Hawaii. Yeah. And then tore it down to build a new mansion. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're talking between the three houses, not even counting tearing down and new construction, just the purchase of the three uh, estates is close to $30 million. Yeah. For wh- wh- where did he get the money? Hey, and, uh, of course, it's from cronies. Well, uh, and, and, of course, community organizers make a lot of money, too. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> big money. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, you know, and, again, lots of, lots of useful skills to the business community developed being a community organizer. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, this is such a good story. And any chance of getting this net neutrality thing reversed? Because obviously... No, um, it's, it's not in place. Trump reversed it. Yeah. But the, the problem is, as soon as Biden imposes... There's, there's five commissioners on the Federal Communications Commission, one of whom also acts as chairman, but he or she is also a voting commissioner. It's two to two Republican and Democrat. It's supposed to be a full contingent is three of the president's party. He just, Biden just hasn't nominated a fifth commissioner yet. He's, you know, everybody's yelling at him and, you know, waiting on him to appoint the third Democrat so that they can immediately reimpose net neutrality five seconds after that commissioner is confirmed. What an interesting story. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit lessgovernment.org, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, great story. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. She writes Greetings from Paradise. She has a couple thousand followers. Uh, she also has great commentary on what's happening here in the nation and around the globe. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. The dining scene in Naples is among the nation's finest. Get a first-hand experience with Naples Culinary Walks. Join a guided food walk with a terrific guide in a small group through elegant Naples neighborhoods known for destination restaurants. In three hours, you'll stop for small plates on your chosen tour. Dining walk choices include morning, afternoon, and evening offerings on 5th Avenue South, Downtown 3rd Street, Waterside, Galleria Shops at Vanderbilt, and more. Prices begin at only $46 a person, depending on the tour you select. To find out more and to make a reservation, visit NaplesCulinaryWalks.com. That's NaplesCulinaryWalks.com for a great value and a terrific dining experience. Do 
you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity, maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative. You can find out more by visiting thefga.org. We have with us my lovely wife, Linda. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for... And by the way, uh, Linda writes, greetings from paradise. At least we hope she'll continue to write it. Uh, had a little... Chances uh, are slim to none. Yeah, a little dust up there with the with the uh, folks at the... Uh, well, they're uh, sa- were they saying the company that I had to hire to send it, because Google screwed me over, said... Oh well, we're having trouble with our platform, which may inhibit your uh, readers to get your your uh, newsletter. Yeah, well, so uh, uh, I wanted to make sure that, and I haven't done it. I escaped my mind today and yesterday, but uh, Mike Lindell has this big event coming up. It's starting today at ten o'clock. What do you know about it? Frankspeech.com. Go to Frankspeech.com at ten a.m. Eastern time. It's free. All you need to do on the site is put in your phone number, and um, you will get on it for free. Um, Mike Lindell has this very, very robust website with Lindell TV. He is doing, as of today, a cyber symposium and um, to absolutely show that China uh, stole the November 3rd election. He, yeah. has, he has all the data that... And he's invited all the, it's not open to the public, he's only opened it to politicians, to, to states, um, um, to states, to politicians, and, and to, to see, to watch him sh- prove that the election was stolen. Yeah. And if anyone can disprove him, it's five, he's posted $5 million to anyone who can disprove just prove the information. In other words, he has all the receipts from uh, the all the things, the uh, election machines. He has all of that. You may recall that the machine stopped working on the night of the third for about an hour or so. In all the in all of the states that are in, that were in question. Yeah. So uh, he has that information. He's basically saying it's proof, and if anybody can disprove my my proof, uh, there's a five million dollar reward. So I just want to let our listeners know it goes from the tenth. Today until the twelfth, it's going twenty four seven. So in other words, you can tune in. I don't know exactly how that's going to work, but apparently after the introduction, uh, there's going to be uh, presentations and breakout rooms for each state in the nation, right? Something like that. Yeah, and, and he's got uh, 
as of um, yesterday's show on Bannon, he has 47 states that are attending. Um, Hawaii, New Jersey, Connecticut, and um, New Hampshire, two others are not, are not attending, but the rest of them are uh, uh, representatives from all the networks are, are coming, except for, guess who? Box. Fox wow. is just in the doghouse, as far as I'm concerned right now. Yeah. They refused to run his, his ads for this. He was the only network that refused to, to run the ads, and um, they won't even talk about election integrity or anything on their network. It's yeah, so, very suspicious. Here's the deal. This is, not, uh, this is not in support of President Donald Trump. This is in the support of in election integrity. And uh, quite frankly, if you're like we like we are, we just uh, have some real questions about the outcome of this election and, and whether it was honest and truthful or not. Well, just like just the news came out with yesterday, it showed that that in Georgia these ballots came back and they were actually manually manipulated by the election people to for Joe Biden. He yeah. has the proof, and he's going to that was um, Fulton County is going to DeKalb County today to to. Um, Get more information about that. So Frank Speech, frankspeech.com, one word, frankspeech.com is the website. Go to it right now. Get it up. And at 10 o'clock, the festivities start. It's going to start with an opening program, and uh, it's going to be extremely informative. Pass it on to your friends. Let them know that this is going to be going on because he has put a lot into this, lots and lots of money, and uh, he's doing it for the good of the country, and I hope uh, you'll support him. And and what he's doing, you can decide for yourself if the information is correct or not. But uh, it's been very impressive. I've watched his three previous videos that he's done on this, and it has been thorough. But it's been uh, very interesting, and I'm looking forward to it. By the way, if you're if you're logging on to frankspeech.com before the ten o'clock Eastern Time hour when this is going on, you might look on to his presentations, which is absolute proof. Uh, all they're all listed on on his website to mm. to show. Uh, just just how this election was stolen. And by the way, um, if 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 this is true, if if China logged on and screwed with our election, that's an act of war. It is. It's, it's an act of war. Uh, uh, just one of many acts of war that we've seen here in the last couple of years, or really for probably the last forty years. So you mentioned something very interesting. We said the Washington Post has apparently taken a stand against President Biden's. Uh, immigration policy. Maybe you can tell us about it. Jeff Bezos, Washington Post, threw Joe Biden and Kamala Harris under the bus this morning with an op-ed about his border fiasco and said that it's going to cost them the next election if he doesn't have some sort of a plan to fix it. It's, it was very interesting. And for the Washington Post mm -hmm. to do that, which is in bed with the Democrats big time, mm -hmm. it shows just how... Um, important and how what a what a mess that this southern border has become in in so many ways i mean it's it's so funny because well, it's not funny but it's 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 sad where where biden wants to keep um people from europe out of the united states with unless they they're vaccinated but he's welcoming people over the, the southern border without being vaccinated the hypocrisy is just screaming it is i mean apparently uh one in five uh, thought of as adolescents or illegal aliens crossing the border. One in five has COVID, and they're just putting them on buses and sending them around the United States. It's just unbelievable. That smacks right in the face of a policy around asking everybody to get vaccinated and should we open our schools and all these types of questions. 
just totally absurd. And and oh, by the way, I mean the the, the media has been totally in bed with with the Democrat Party and and Biden and Obama and and let me get to Obama in just a second. Um, but but for the, for the Washington Post, part of the mainstream media, to call attention to this is is really monumental and huge. Yeah. Um, speaking of, of hypocrisy, let's just revisit again the the Barack Obama. Um, big birthday party this last weekend where they had all these people, the, the, according to the New York Times, quote-unquote, sophisticated, vaccinated people. Because, so there was no danger of spreading this virus, which has a 99.97% uh, survivable rate. Um, and it, it's just, they must think the American people are just stupid, yet we are so, there are so many people who are waking up and have had enough. Um, a big protest in, in New York yesterday saying, enough. Yeah. Enough. Well, it's not that we're stupid. It's just that we're not sophisticated. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, we're the, the uh, incorrigibles were the... Uh, deplorables. Deplorables. It's it's just amazing. But you actually said on CNN, was it, that, that hey, uh, you know, these are sophisticated people. Well, it's, it's from the New York Times, and boy, they got... They got absolutely hammered for that, hammered. And then this Rashida Tlaib, this representative from from uh, Michigan, was seen at a at a wedding party. Close, everybody was close contact, and they were dancing like crazy. And yet they're they are screaming at everybody else to get vaccinated and and masked. By the way, the masks don't work. The vaccinations clearly don't work. Um, because these people are getting infected, and and nobody, including Fox News, will ever talk about um, the implications that the vaccine is actually having on people who have who have taken it. Yeah, the hypocrisy is just overwhelming. It's, yeah, you know, uh, last year in Sturgis, they said it was going to be one of these uh, events. What do they call it? Super, 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 super spreaders. spreaders. And uh, last year, there was one person got that got sick or hospitalized out of four hundred and fifty thousand, not a few hundred at a party, but uh, there weren't. There was no. It was not a super spreader, and it won't be this year, of course. So it's all nonsense. Um, I I know we're running out of time, but I just wanted to mention briefly about this um, horrible thing that's coming out of the University of Pittsburgh about this this um, um, baby mill that 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 the. Oh yeah. What am I trying to say? The the. They're harvesting, harvesting baby parts. Baby parts. Uh, harvesting uh, actually babies that are alive. Full term. Full term. Forty two weeks. And uh, using their body parts uh, and selling them—it's just an, an atrocious story. Where can we? Where can people find information about? Well, this? you can go to judicialwatch.com. They started the story on it. You can yeah. also go to um, National Pulse. You can also go to uh, Bannon's War Room. They're doing a, a a big series on it. It's 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 the most disgusting thing. But people need to know about it. And guess who's one of the people in who are one of the people in charge of it? I would say Fauci. Could that Fauci's be? wife? Fauci's wife. Unbelievable. Linda, I always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here at today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Tomorrow, we're going to visit with Bob Levy. Bob is the chairman of the Cato Institute. Uh, we'll talk a little about the, uh, we'll finish our discussion about the difference between conservative and uh, liberal justices. We'll visit with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Andy will be joining us. Always interesting to tell his discussions on culture. And Larry Bell, I referenced, referenced him earlier. Larry Bell is a professor 
endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author of several books. His latest is What Makes Humans Truly Exceptional. Uh, he also wrote Scared Witless, The Prophets and Prophets of Climate Doom. I highly recommend that since climate change is in the news. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs> <laughs>